TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Fuck you. Hey, Matt. I'm sad and grateful. I'm lonely and rejoicing. I ring the bells alone. I ring the bells for you. And these are the, the dichotomies that we're, we'll be discussing this week on the TFT podcast. Uh, almost, going back to, almost going back to episode six there, right? Yeah, uh, is it was it five or six? You're talking about uh, uh, the our experimental noise collective uh, episode. Yeah, good question. I'm not I'm not quite sure, but I can find out. I, I believe it was five because I, I was I was um mm, or is it six? Um, it's one of those. Uh, but an early episode titled "Experimental Noise Collective." Um, but this is not that episode. This is the episode in which we discuss uh, the Syracuse based band Perfect Pussy. Um, and so if you um. You know, if you didn't uh, get our reference, as always, pause the podcast, um, listen to the album, and meet us back here in in about twenty five minutes. <laughs> um, and actually, we have um, you'll have to turn the podcast way up because you won't be able to hear after right. you after you listen to perfect. Right, 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 right. And, and I actually do recommend. You know, in some cases, I know that uh, uh, we in the show notes have gotten into, um, you know, and on the show, Matt and I have talked about how we listen to the music that we talk about on this uh, podcast. And some of the listeners um, have talked about how and when they listen to it. And there's often a lot of people listening to uh, our TFT albums, you know, as they are commuting, um, as they're at work, as they're exercising. Um, And and this is great for actually uh, all of those activities, um, but it's also one where I um, heavily recommend also sitting down with the lyrics uh, and either reading the lyrics or ideally blocking out actually a a dedicated um, you know twenty minutes like as you would to watch an episode of say Community uh, and and sit down and read the lyrics um, along with the the songs uh, or if you want a little more visual stimulation I actually found that my mind sometimes would wander uh, and then as soon as I looked away I would lose the thread of the lyrics um, I would uh, I also recommend uh, we'll put in the show notes a link to a show uh, from South by Southwest uh, that was sponsored by and filmed by NPR that has um, I didn't get to watch the whole way through but I would wager that it has uh, almost the entire uh, album uh, Say Yes to Love uh, played out of order, uh, but most of the songs are there. So if you want to sit down with the lyrics, which we'll have in the show notes and this link, um, I recommend it because one of the key features of, of this album is that the, the the lyrics are buried very deep in the mix, um, and that they're, the vocals are just one of another um, set of rhythmic uh, layers that is chugging along, and you know it's it's some, in some ways a you know there's a a sandwich, uh, and you know the base layer of the sandwich uh, is 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 your your you know basically a classic. Um, punk loaf, right? It, it is a drums, guitar, and bass of a, a punk loaf. And then you have um, and then then you have a, a 
This is basically what I'm imagining is a perfect pussy is basically an open faced sandwich, right? So that then the middle is your is your meat or uh, or or veggie, your kind of um, you know your your thick filling, and then there is a um, a layer of cheesy noise just melted over everything. Um, and this yeah. is and and so uh, and 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 so to get to the you know so there's kind of two ways to enjoy. Um, you know, uh, in, enjoy the you know listening to Perfect Pussy. One is that you just eat the sandwich and you just say this is delicious, <laughs> and, and and you enjoy how everything blends together. Or you um you you really take time to focus on your on your meat or veggie, um and and kind of focus on that. And I recommend both of them. And I think that's what we'll do um as as we go as we go through it. Um, but w- I, I found it very hard. Um. You know, even as someone who listens to a fair amount of loud and or harsh music, um, you know, that, uh, uh, it, it, that, that it definitely is very hard to pick out more than a few scattered lines without looking at the, uh, at the lyrics. Um, so I guess, I mean, to actually start off, I'm going to actually ask a question that's different than the question that, that we usually ask. Yeah. Um, cause the question and, we usually ask almost seems moot, right? In the face of the, well, it's, well just as an aside, the question is always moot. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, because for those who are keeping score at home, the answer is always yes. And, and it's always sometimes qualified with more or less, a longer or shorter pause, um, and and sometimes uh, you know more or less um, you know bloviating. But I, I I don't know that we've there's there's very few cases which we've as, uh, asked no. And I mean we started asking this question to fuck with each other. Um, you know <laughs> the 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 kind of ancestor of this question that I remember. Um, well, I mean there's a. A, there's a long kind of history of this, right? In TFT, you initially, in a very early episode, another very early episode, framed our uh, research question, quote unquote, of our initial um, research agenda when we were discussing team soap operas as, is our teenagers fucking? And, those, and, and we would occasionally use that as a tool to get into a given topic, but that was not the question that we were trying to answer, <laughs> really. Um, and and the, the, what became the, you know, is blank for real, um, uh, you know, I think the, uh, the, on the Arcade Fire episode, you point blank and kind of mischievously ask me if Arcade Fire is an indie band. And <laughs> I, I just wrestled with that. And, and I think the wrestling with that was actually really productive right. for our real project of understanding kind of the way identity and meaning and power are, are reproduced. But I, I also hated having to answer the question. So on the next episode or one subsequent, <laughs> I, I decided to ask you if, if someone uh, uh, was for real. And, right. and then we just kind of uh, settled on it. And it got increasingly ridiculous once we did our historical run of asking is stevie wonder for real <laughs> <laughs> well yeah yeah but i think you're i think you're um really on to something in uh the way in which the the subtle passive aggressive one-upsmanship can actually be a, a a tool for illuminating uh things that are interesting about the the topics at hand so you know it's for the audience right like ryan and i snipe at each other so that you don't have to so that, right. you, so that you can have healthy relationships in your life. We really wish that for you more than anything else. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so we, we, we talk pretty, a lot about, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about and like going back to, uh, going you, back you to the conk from me. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, you want to ask your, you want to ask your no, no. question. I do. I do want to ask my question, but um, I'm now kind of curious about what you were, whatever you were starting well, to we say. T- we talked a little bit about, uh, about sort of the mission of TFT. We've joked about it and, and sort of lived it in various ways. Um, about the mission of, of TFT being to alienate and confound uh, the audience, right? And I think that we've, we've, um, we, uh, we've done that to, to a certain extent in ways uh, overt and, and subtle. Um, we, we, yeah, our current way of doing that is releasing an episode every week. <laughs> Which is the last thing they'll fucking expect, uh, given the, you know... Given Increasing the, our sound quality, you know, just no, selling out across the board. No, I did, I did like your point about our first studio, uh, first, uh, studio episode being, like, around 75 or 80. But um, uh, it's, it's, it's one thing to do it in kind of a kind of a jokey way and to sort of be a jerk about it like it is it's another thing entirely to actually deal with something that is sort of confounding or or that is really really sort of alienating and i have that experience sort of listening to perfect pussy like i can't follow the track of the lyrics at all without without the the lyric sheets in in front of me i wouldn't know i wouldn't know what they are right like i barely would be able to distinguish the the songs and i you know i'm sort of in our dyad i i sort of lean a little more to the poppy and maybe you lean more into the to the punk and the hardcore um but uh, but this is sort of outside of my library of norms. It's just a bunch of noise, Ryan. It's just well, a bunch of noise and and uh, uh, undifferentiated wailing. You know what? The, well, I mean, no, for fuck's sake. Well, and this is exactly actually leads into what I was going to ask you is, um, you know, the word the the two words or the hyphenated uh, sometimes hyphenated word that gets thrown a lot uh, th- thrown around a lot in the critical discourse and journalistic discourse around um, around perfect pussy is noise punk and um and you know in listening to this without a you know without a you know existing catalog of of norms you know to what extent is that a a productive label and to what extent is that counterproductive um because i mean i imagine you know again since it's only 20 i 20 minutes long you had a few times uh, you were able to give us a few spins. Um, and- oh, a bunch. This was my. This was the soundtrack to my last week, and I, I confess I couldn't do it like more than one and a half times through. Uh, especially since the version on my streaming service uh, had live tracks following the uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, following yeah, the, the I, album. I also. I no no same. And I, I guess um, mine did as well. But I, I I basically pulled out a playlist. Uh, I made I made a playlist and pulled out the um the the non live tracks so I had the integrity of the album. Oh um, la you have so much la da so much integrity. Well, no, I mean it's also <laughs> I, I do. Uh, well, no, it, it's just that um, you know if I want to listen to the live tracks, I want. To, I mean, I have pet peeves about 
um, bonus tracks of all kinds. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and you know, we talked about this again because I really like listening to albums. And so if it were meant to be on the album, it right. would have been on the album. If it were good. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And, if- and so, and that said, I mean, what I ended up doing is I actually put the four songs um, from their four song uh, demo tape, uh, and it actually was a demo cassette. Um, after the in my playlist after that and that's an actually so um i guess it's that i'm interested in breaking from the rules when i'm doing it you know if i'm starting to make a mixtape or a compilation it's allowed but if some other record company asshole is doing it um i'm not okay with it and i actually really liked um yeah, you know, if, if, the, if the claim is that it makes the, the album more valuable, right? Like this is a special edition and it's yeah. more valuable because we're dumping this boatload of shit that wasn't uh, yeah. good enough to make it onto the record in the first place, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that this is good and this is something you should pay for or pay extra for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crap. Yeah, um, well, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that part of what I liked about um, adding the, I mean, because we've talked about that, I like to listen to, I, you know, I could listen, I mean, I think yesterday, um, like, uh, I listened to this album on repeat for the better part of the day. Um, and, and so, you know, that was probably, you know, you know, 20 times maybe. <laughs> um, and, and I, but that said, for doing that, there needs to be some amount of, it helps when there is um, some amount of kind of circularity or the, the rhythm of the album itself is important for making that work. And, you know, just as the sound of Perfect Pussy is kind of this open face sandwich, um, the album itself of Say, Say uh, Yes to Love is kind of open in a similar way in that it's, um, it, it it's it the structure is really interesting is that the first um the first four songs are really kind of uh like fast pretty um you know pretty straightforward like two to three minute long you know punk songs they're they're in that they're they they're fast uh they're they're kind of a straight line um and then things breathe a little bit more with interference fits and we'll and we'll zoom in at that a little more and it's a little feels a little more open it feels a little more wide the song's a little longer the sound is a little less compressed um and then you have uh two more fast tracks and then it kind of opens up into a um really long stretch almost like a third of the total time of the album of kind of just tape like running and then eventually accumulating electronic noise layering into a conclusion and it's kind of open right so i guess the point is that this album itself um kind of expands constricts a little bit and then expands again into like the universe um and for listening to that on repeat is kind of um is is very uh was was tough but what i actually found is just by kind of haphazardly also, so I also found going to the live tracks was jarring, um, but going to the um, the demo tape, which are of a piece with like the the shorter, faster, more tightly wound songs on the album, um, adding these four tracks um, as a as a coda um, actually then oddly it basically puts another layer of bread on the sandwich of the album um and so and then it gives the whole thing um a terrain that that is more useful for um you know uh, uh repeated listens and that said the fact that i it took um you know some some kind of 
some hacking. You know, I basically, I, I basically sound hacking, album hacking, um, and and the fact that I took that meant that it probably isn't necessarily intended to be listened to in that way. Um, I may, for all I know, I have the world record for listening to um, "Say Yes to Love" um, <laughs> the, the highest number of times in one day of listening to this record uh, because it's not really supposed to be uh, 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 done otherwise. Um, but yeah, so I think that that was that that was uh, my my strategy. Um, but I guess so. I want I, I want to circle back to um, you know the question which you nicely reflected back to me is what to make of this kind of you know because I, I think I want to talk about noise. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Be, what to make about noise punk? You mean right? Yeah, about noise punk. And and again, I, you know, and I think that the um, I think that. I want to talk about I mean, noise ever, punk, and yeah. I want to talk about perfect pussy because I think that you know, I think that in some ways it's almost there's one reaction is that it's easier to talk about the noise punk band from Syracuse uh, than to talk about perfect pussy <laughs> um, as a as a as an entity, in that it's easier to a control. Like I, I guess there's a one hypothesis. There's a little bit of control through classification um, that is happening in saying this is noise punk. Let's move on. Um, and but uh, and and so I think we need to kind of as we've done one of our you know the tools that I really like a lot is looking at. You know the uh, you know for compound statements for band names, album titles, looking at each in turn and together, um, and trying to uh, see what's going on um, in, in the discourse. And I think that both um, you know both the um, both noise punk and perfect pussy could benefit from that because they're you know they're um, really relevant to a kind of how to approach uh, this um, this band in this album sure I mean so with with respect to noise punk I feel like it's not a single description it's a set of coordinates right and that noise and punk are actually on different axes of a music classification coordinate system. Uh, does that does that make sense, right? So it's not sure. noise punk so much as it is open parenthesis noise comma punk, right? right? right so right, you right. like navigate to punk on the x axis and then go up to noise on the uh, you know on the aesthetic uh, axis because it strikes me that that um, punk is. Uh, almost a political classification because it's a, it's not just a classification of the sound, but it's a classification of the sort of stance of the musicians relative to the music industry and the world and their audience and, you know, all, all sorts yeah. of other groups. And that noise is a statement about, um, about the artifact of the recording, right? It's it, noise is a quality of the noise is a quality of the product, and punk is a quality of the producers, mm-hmm. and and so in that um, you're you're making two related but distinct claims about what perfect pussy is, um, without uh, 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 you know what I mean, while while seeming right. only to make one. But so here's the interesting thing. So just to kind of um, kind of keep ringing this change, I guess the question is. So the question is are there so there's there's I guess what I'm what I'm trying to articulate here is what are the other um 
like what is the rest of the scale look like on which noise is one of the the points and is no and where is noise is noise an extreme um and and where is it um yeah, so that's that's I think my first follow up. Yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting question because like what isn't noise, right? Right, exactly. So, so what you're talking about actually in noise um, on the noise continuum, you're talking about sort of undifferentiated sound uh, down uh, or across to the other extreme, which is like highly differentiated sound or like uh, uh, discrete. Uh, or organized sound, so it's a, it's a level of organization that that thing is is um, is measuring, and noise refers to the uh, the more undifferentiated side uh, uh, side of that um, of that sort of sonic organization continuum. Whereas, like what we understand is like tonal music, right, B- uh, broken up into the twelve tones of the the Western scale, or um, you know, certain kinds of like mathematic, like, uh, mathematically, uh, determined sound wave, um, sort of music. And we've sort of talked about computer music or math rock or, or things like this that kind of skirt into, uh, you know, non-tonal, uh, systems of organization, like whatever they are, they're all systems of organization. And, but the, the sort of just the rhythmic pulse of, um, of that sort of noise rock sound is is kind of undifferenti- undifferentiated sort of wall of wall of sound sort of uh and and what it reminds me of is uh it reminds me of a Malcolm Gladwell article about ketchup <laughs> of all things <laughs> right like there's and this is probably in i don't know he probably makes $75,000 a pop on the lecture circuit telling this story but there's you know um, there is a uh, a quality in in people who who sort of deal with tastes like artificial flavors and things like this for a living uh, a quality that they call like integration of flavor. Um, Coke has it, uh, Heinz ketchup has it, um, where it doesn't taste like its component parts; it just tastes like the thing it is. Right? You don't taste vinegar and cloves and tomatoes and whatever in Heinz ketchup. You taste Heinz ketchup, right? And the same thing with Coke. You can't. Out the the flavors inside Coke. I mean, maybe something, maybe someone could, maybe someone you know better than uh, better at tasting things with a more advanced palate than I have could. But it's just it's just sort of sort of one thing. And so we talk about like wall of sound production, whether it's like the Phil Spector wall of sound back in the days of the the Beatles and the Beach Boys and whatnot, uh, or whether it's um, the Bruce Springsteen wall of sound in Born to Run and the idea of that is it's sort of the the elements uh the guitars the bass the drums the you know piano chords the um string section the you know chorus in the background whatever they throw in sort of lose lose differentiation as sort of individual instruments and become uh a sort of an integrated whole and so are you so are you saying then that phil specter and bruce springsteen are noise artists no i you see i i I don't think so because the kind of the kind of integration uh rather than that you know what, what that is like it's like a brick wall Right, like it's like you lay each brick down until you have have a wall, and if you like lay the bricks next to each other tightly enough, 
um, you you don't see the individual bricks. You just see uh, you just see the wall, right? What what perfect pussy and sort of noise music is like is it's like a pile of rubble, you know. And and yes, it adds up to a wall. Also, it adds up to a barrier that you know stretches to the heavens and and blocks out the sun. But it's a barrier of a different character. So I guess like, I guess this is, <laughs> as you say, sort of, as you said the other day, um, uh, rather than being uh, binary or rather than being even simply continuous uh, along a single dimension, it's sort of um, hyper-dimensional and, and uh, multi-configured. Multi but I hope that I've gone to, I've gone some distance towards kind of laying out my sense of of where yeah. Perfect Pussy uh, is on the sonic palette and laying out my idea of what the sonic palette is a little bit. Yeah, and I think, though, and I think that what's tough is when, we, when you start thinking about coordinates in hyper-dimensional space is that, is that really actually, like, noise is itself, in fact, you zoom in and is a set of coordinates as well. Um, and because that there is, so there is, I like this idea of kind of, um, you know, undifferentiatedness to discreteness. And one way in which that exists is at the level of the, like, the sounds themselves. Um, but then there is another, and there are other dimensions um, that have to do with the structure of the songs. Um, and so in in Phil Spector or, or, um, or Springsteen, you have still other pieces that are recognizable, that are giving, um, that are giving structure so that even though there may be in some of these songs less differentiation of you, you're hearing, you know, every single instrument at all times, um, you kind of, you know, A, there still is, you know, you're still hearing the singer. <laughs> so there is, it's still on a differentiated side uh, uh, sonically, but then th that you are recognizing now we're at, um, not only are you recognizing we are at the verse, we are at the chorus, we are at a bridge, um, but there are those things. Um, but that said, I don't know. I also want to, I think that it's, it's interesting within noise music of what how how to read apparent disorder and huh. so is is perfect pussy the, is is the music a pile of rubble or is or is there um and and like other art, uh, artists that um identify as um as as noise artists, um, I think some are interested in just throwing around rocks, right, and 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 just building the piles of rubble, and others are interested in deliberately building something that has structure and um and 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 has a logic, but which is not necessarily legible as such. Um, and, and so I, I think that that's, and, and it's hard to, I think that when, when, when perfect pussy is called noise, uh, when they're called noise oriented, it is in the both, I believe it's being used in the way that is both implying that it is both, um, kind of undifferenti artfully undifferentiated, 
right? Mm. Um, and 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 I think that there's um, some some truth to that, right? So that I think as you listen to this, right? So there's one guy, um, one member of the band, um, right? So they're a five piece band right um like i said uh drum bass guitar uh vocals and then keyboard slash sound manipulator um and i think that there are a lot of times where the guy you know manipulating the sound is um is is uh is not just um just kind of doing his own thing, right? Either on the recorded tracks or um, when I saw them live a few weeks ago, he's not just, you know, like in another, you know, he's not in his Faraday chamber just pushing his buttons. Um, but in fact, that the, the, um, and so and I think this is an interesting thing is that in addition to, the differentiatedness then there's an uh, there's a yet another dimension of noisiness which is um the the pleasantness of the sound <laughs> right and so that the other way in which there is noise going on here is that there are shrill shrieking um sounds sounds that like you know that feedback which in in some you know genres is a mistake by that comes from you know standing too close taking a microphone too close to a uh, speaker and there is deliberate feedback um but that it feels you know in terms of when the um these kind of shrieking noises are coming in um that that and, and that, that that it has a rhythmic and harmonic interplay with the other things in it, i think is part of um why there's a, a discourse of kind of artful um artful undifferentiated uh artful noise um excuse me around the band and then i think that um you know similarly um the fact that there is a consistent application of of the, you know the situation of the vocals between the um the kind of sounds the noisy sounds and the the kind of more recognizably musical elements indicates that that, that this is is part of the project uh-huh. if that makes sense um and yeah and and then i mean and then similarly i think that um I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's maybe I'm just desensitized. At the same time, like I do not find this particularly difficult to listen to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I you know I find this it is by far not the most alienating or confounding record that you have listened to this week. Sure. Well, um, I mean, I, I think that again, the I mean, it's actually really telling that. And I, I was tweeting this out, so if you follow us on Twitter. Um, uh, you've you've seen this, um, but if you if you listen to this podcast and don't, I recommend you know going to at TFT podcast uh, on on Twitter and uh, looking at my tweets. Go if you go back um, a few weeks, you'll you'll see them. Um, I I did a few photos and videos um, from from this show, and I think it's a, a contrast to the opener. Um, and so the opener uh, for for Perfect Pussy at the Mercury Lounge is a band called Tummel, and Tummel, you know the first five to ten minutes of their set was just like just like literally a noise that sounded like 
and like a repetitive like video image on the screen. And then I was kind of tweeting about this when these two large uh, figures clad entirely in black with large tentacles and and almost Kanye-esque masks kind of barrel through the audience arrive on stage um, and then one goes to the pile of wires and and knobs and starts turning them and the other one grabs a microphone thrusts it under his face mask and starts kind of growling and and th- those vocals go through the thing um, and they did this for you know about 20 minutes uh, <laughs> and it was, and that was that, wait wait was that before or after they left stage and returned in their giant squid costumes so the, so the, that was in the squid costumes oh that was in the squid yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 so they did their setup in their you know normal selves and okay. they you know look like they could be i don't know um they, they, you know, they're just two kind of larger dudes with with beards and kind of big hair, uh-huh. um, and and then they they reemerge as as cephalopods, uh-huh. um, as as noisy cephalopods, um, and this was there was much less discernible. Um, yeah, there, there's very, there's nothing to be differentiated there. I mean, there was, there was, there were movements, but there was, it was hard to um, understand where, you know, there were like literally movements musically, and they moved around on stage. Uh, they swayed or rocked or gesticulated, um, but there was not. Um, it, it, it felt much more you know, much more abstract. Whereas, you know, in, in the perfect pussy songs, it, it's interesting. Like they, you know, because the songs are played fast and there is a base of, um, there, there's a base of, you know, of, of, of instrumentation and vocal stylings that make it, that are legible as, as punk. Then it's, it's just, it's, it's very kind of, you know, gauzy punk or something like that. And it's, again, it's, yes, there is this, you know, the whirring or the, the, um, the shrieking sound, but it's never really loud, right? There's kind of a quiet, there's a quiet noise. Um, and, and I think that, you know, there's, there's punkness here in part because of the, you know, social scene in which they're embedded, um, in part, you know, because they, they themselves, um, you know, the the singer Meredith Graves has a neck tattoo on the back of her neck that is the um the icon of um the hardcore band uh Black Flag. She has the Black Flag bars on her huh. neck. Um, she it like literally in the first as they started playing the, the they took the stage. Well, at the first as they're setting up their drummer, I, I recall very clearly put on deodorant. Um, took off his shoes and put on deodorant nice. uh, as part of his getting ready for the I show. Know, that's tough. I mean, as a drummer right like don't you think that that not having shoes on would really hurt your ability to work the pedals because the, those pedals are metal and they have sharp well, corners and whatnot you know I, I i would assume he has calluses um I, I would assume that this is how he does it it's not that he decided today is the day i'm going to drum without shoes on uh, but that in fact that there that there is he's doing it um because that's uh how you know how he did it um you know in the way that i know some uh some runners who swear by barefoot running um those runners are in kenya but uh, <laughs> and i mean and uh and and i mean barefoot and not with vibrant five finger shoes um five toe shoes um but anyhow 
the the next thing that happened is that they paraded there was a a parade of moms that came across because the mothers of all of all five band members uh mothers and or both parents of all five band members uh were in uh in uh attendance uh that evening and so they were all there and and uh the singer Meredith uh gave a shout out to the um to the moms and said this is actually the first time her mom had ever seen her sing in a band um and then, uh, and then she said, "We're minor." We're, she said, "Hi, we're minor threat." Uh, <laughs> and uh, and and which is um, for those of you who are not as embedded, minor threat is one of the major major um, hardcore punk bands of the Washington D.C. punk scene in the early '80s. They kind of they coined the phrase um, or popularized the phrase "straight edge." You know, the the their singer Ian Mackay is the you know the founder of Discord Records, um, one of the co-founders of Discord Records. Um, and so this is a, a kind of central band. And so there are these kind of – there's, the, you know, a punkness in the um, – uh, there, you know, there's there's a there's a punkness in kind of fashion and 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 influence um, and in, in instrumentation, but on the record and and in the live show, um, a lot of the visual um, kind of library of norms of of just the type of gesticulation and the type of movement um, is reminiscent of, especially of, remind me a lot of videos I've seen of Jello Biafra, um, the lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, um, uh, as well as um, uh, polystyrene from the um, from X-ray Specs, um, which is a, a British punk band, um, and I think you see this in the NPR video, um, and and so and, and then as a result, the audience um, like responded in due form and formed a a circle pit and was was moshing and doing a variety of kinds of hardcore dancing, and there, it looked like a you know, uh, and I think we've put this on Twitter and we can put it in the show notes as well. There are these um, great large format paintings um, that are at a show in Chelsea of, um, of, of these paintings of hardcore shows. Um, and they're very, very cool. And this had elements of that, but with just way more uh, uh, racial diversity, uh, gender diversity, and diversity with respect to um, skinny guys wearing cardigans. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and, and there was a lot more of all three of those in the um, the perfect pussy mosh pit um, than, than in those uh, hardcore phase. Uh, and I guess the point is is that, you know, and, and that that there is a there are elements of quietness whether the in individual songs that um such as interference fit that that allows for there to be um space um and or uh or or in the last part of the album where there's in fact just quietness that gradually builds back into um to noises that i th- i guess part of this is that while noise punk are two coordinates that are are useful um points of entry i think that there's like a lot of 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 quietness and stillness um even if it's for for small stretches of time in this album and i think that there in some ways those 
contrasts um, and these breaths, whether it's you know a pause after the fact that some songs have gaps between them, and and you kind of get the all hail West Texas like you know tape noise, uh, or you have the feedback squall before the next song begins. Um, that that uh, there's enough other elements here. Well, there there is differentiation, but not where you would expect it to be. Nice. Um, so yeah, I think that that. Um, I mean, so what else, as you kind of dug into this more, what else jumped out to you as, as you started to, you know, penetrate the, the, the curtain of, of noise uh, and, and differentiate certain things? What, what else jumped out? How can at you? How can this? you? I mean, it's like you're baiting me, Ryan. I've been on such good behavior this whole, this no, whole no, podcast, I, I just, you know. I, I I got no. Uh, I I'm just uh, yeah. So I mean, do we, are, go ahead you, and misbehave. Go ahead and misbehave and, and start to really analyze this. I'm sure that must be what you're talking about. Would you, um, <laughs> would you like uh, Would you like to talk about the band name? Is that something? No, no, that's, that's not. I mean, no, no. I was actually no, no. I I I, I mean, you can. I think we've almost veered away from it. I was actually just it, on the level of the music, whether like kind of musically or lyrically, what else kind of jumped out at so, you? Yeah, I mean, so something that something that jumped out at me musically was that it seemed like if you took the vocals away, the, the music could almost be hardcore um, with some of the, I mean, it's not as, as complicated, but it had some of the elements of uh, of sort of tightness of the ensemble, uh, some of the elements of kind of virtuosic playing uh, with much simpler materials, but but um, but some of the, the the sort of virtuosic practices of like hardcore music and and our sort of the the one that we've talked about is is uh, protest the hero right, in, which in, even falls under um, progressive metal. So I mean yeah. that's an interesting thing. Or sort of post hard post hardcore or post metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 um, exactly. But like mm-hmm. there was um. And I, I can't forget, like, because honestly, like, other than, like, big, broad, sweeping generalizations of this one was a little slower or this one, um, there were things like there were major seven chords, you know, like in, in some of the songs, rather than being, you know, your, your idea of, of, like, the Ramones or the Sex Pistols or something like that using, like, three triads, you know, one, four, and five to make their... Um, to make their songs, there there were sort of sonic sonic materials that belonged to a, a sort of more sophisticated um, tonal music uh, tonal music palette. And you know the drums, uh, the drums, guitar, and bass seemed tight. You know, it didn't seem like they were like they were messing up. And even like even Frankie Cosmos had some some more elements of like playing with time signature. Uh, you know what I mean? A little more than, than, than say yes to love did. So it, there, it was almost like there was this sort of dichotomy between the, between the vocals. Um, one thing I noticed looking at, speaking of the vocals, looking at the, the video that we're linking up of the, the, uh, NPR sponsored live show, uh, national punk radio, of course. (laughs) I am Linda Wertheimer. Fuck you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, the uh, was that Meredith Graves, and in some of the video that you posted on our. Um, uh, on our Twitter uh, is looking to the side, right? She's in profile to the audience and is sort of bent over screaming into the microphone. And it's, it's clear that this is sort of not a presentational thing. She's singing more to the guitar player, you know, mm. than she's singing, than she's singing to the audience. Right. And I think that's sort of, that's very punk in the sense that like, look, I'm involved in the act of making music, um, you happen to be witnessing it, but it's not done for your benefit. You know, it's done for, uh, uh, it's done for our, um, it's done for our, our benefit or it's done, you know, it's done by us. Uh, and we're into us doing the thing that we're doing right now. And you just happen to be here. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's really interesting because I mean, there, hmm. so I think that that's, and again, you know, because like punk itself, once you open up the punk uh, coordinate, in fact, that itself is then a, its own kind of, you know, multi-dimensional space. And so I feel like that is one or like side of punk is the level of confrontation uh, or or um, or or yeah, the, the or, you know, I guess there is I, I guess because. Or let me think about this, right? So, or maybe it's that there's a question of to whom, like maybe when you land in in punk zone, there's you're high on a confrontational um, dimension, but there's a question of who is being confronted um, and who is being kind of confounded, um, because I think that there's another mode in punk music um, that I actually associate with the um, the minor threat strand of of punk um of like so just you know because we're talking a little bit about minor threat and about ian mckay like there were are definitely um like live recordings of uh, fugazi one of his later bands that i've heard uh where he will he stopped the show to stop a mosh pit from happening um and but and then and then even beyond that not just because and i guess that could I mean that a signals an awareness of what's happening off of the stage. Um, but then at a show that I saw him with um, recently, sort of saw, saw him play at in the last five years or so um, at a little uh, venue called The Space in Hamden, Connecticut. Um, uh, he played with a band called the um, uh, the Evens, which is just him on guitar and his um, songwriting and like life partner uh, Amy Farina on drums, uh, and and he at one point said, like, let's break down this division between the stage and the audience, and you know everyone was already huddled around, but he's like, on this song. I want you guys to sing this figure. I, I, I'm going to give you this part. And you are going to sing this over and over, and you're going to get quieter and louder. And so that there was actually, you know, the... Um, and so that was actually inclusive, but it was a song about hating the police, right? <laughs> and so, you know, that, that, that there are different levels of who is being confronted, I think, um, helped to differentiate between um different kinds of um of of punk and i think what is possibly important for this show is that you know a year ago perfect pussy was probably playing shows in which there were as many people at the entire show as were 
in the wings of the stage for this South by Southwest show. Right. Um, and, and so, um, and, and, and so I think that that, um, you know, I, I think that that's something to read in terms of thinking about what is being uh, confronted. I mean, also the other possible re- reason that when I uh, heard you um, remark, cause I hadn't necessarily noticed that, um, uh, in watching this video, the other reason to sing to the guitar player is so that, like, because you're not used to playing in venues with, like, you know, where there's, like, the sound is bouncing off other things and, like, monitors and things like that, you're singing to the guitar player so he doesn't get lost. Right. <laughs> um, and, and so that it doesn't fall apart, which, again, there are some bands that, you know, would be labeled as punk that wouldn't care or would relish that, right? And some of the earliest um, punk bands um, would, would happily fall apart. Uh, and so there is this... Um, you know, goal of, of like, you know, I, I, you know, I almost read that as like, I'm going to sing to you so that we can all like, you know, join lock arms and get through this together, um, as, as part of a solidary unit. And, you know, and so that's, that's another, uh, possible interpretation. Um, so there, 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 I tweeted this morning, a uh, a link to another AV club bit, uh, Another AV Club video featuring the Mountain Goats. Um, yeah, I, good. I'm glad. I was. I actually that was in my queue of things to tweet. So. Oh, good, good, good. And so it's. Uh, I just happened to come. Uh, I just happened to come across it. And as I, you know, in Tweetbot, you can retweet from any account that's in your thing. So as I read my personal Twitter, I send a bunch of stuff. Um, also, this morning I tweeted some some tax tips from Kitty. You know, uh, <laughs> which is pretty, which is pretty awesome. Apparently, Kitty thinks that like uh, doing taxes as a business owner or independent contractor, where you have to pay the self-employment tax, is really a pain in the ass. Um, and uh, to that, I answer yes, it it absolutely is. Uh, welcome to success. Um, so there is this. Uh, uh, it's another. It's another. Uh, the Mountain Goats covering uh, a song uh, this time by by the Ramones. And it's sort of it's, what? What? That's 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 unthinkable. Why? Why would they do that? <laughs> I know. Well, they they didn't go through a, a punk phase, and you know, I mean, again, the sort of commentators piss me off. Like the at the beginning, they're like, Duh, "I thought the mountain, the, the the Ramones were a joke," you know. Hey, um, Matt, Matt, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hail Satan. Uh, I thought the Ramones were a joke. Um, Right? Like the first time I listened to the Ramones and it's like, that is so, I don't know. That's sort of so disrespectful. Um, uh, In my case, Ryan, the guy actually does say that though. Just saying. Um, But then, um, but then they, myself, (laughs) you know what? We can all go fuck ourselves. Uh, You think you're better than me? Um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the drummer, um, who looks like he's 12, right? D- in the Jawbreaker video, doesn't it look like he's like the drummer's a teenager and, yeah. and like JD and Peter Hughes have been, are like grizzled old rock and roll players. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're his parents. But, but, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Or they just like picked up this kid at a high school who decided to go on the van tour with, with John Darnielle and, and, uh, mountain goats. Um, but he, he's talking about this drummer. Drummer's name is is John Worcester, and he's talking about going to see the Ramones in 1984 in this video, in the in the like the A roll part of this video. It it doesn't it is inferior to the other video in that you don't see the cover from beginning to end, but um, 
but does have a little more interviews and stuff like that. And sort of John Worcester is talking about uh, the show and talking about like some um, really like rock and roll theatrics performative aspects of this Ramon show where it's, you know, where it's like, you know, smoke and uh, and then lights uh, and then you see, you know, backlit uh, the image of the band there, like, you know, right, the, the microphone stand hoisted aloft upside down in the air, uh, you know, in tableau, in, in silhouette. And I thought, like, that is some bullshit, you know, rock and roll theatrics stuff. Yeah, the, the Ramones aren't punk and I'm telling everyone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't know. So, like, it, even, even in... Um, I mean, right, like, even in, in like, if you're uh, absolutely punk, I guess it is a continuum. Uh, it, it is a continuum of... Uh, of performativity right and and of of alienation and confrontation who's being uh confronted who's being alienated um who is the target i mean who is the target of of all of that anger and who is the who is the audience that is sort of supposed to at once suffer um suffer this and appreciate it right and and appreciate that they are suffering it well, right, because it's only kind of confounding if you're expecting something else. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? right. If you're expecting to be alienating, uh, alienated, then alienation is, you know, I don't know, in fact, like, kind of satisfying. Right. And the thing that would be alienating would be, right, I mean, we talked about this last week, it would be, you know, <laughs> the thing that would be alienating would be, like, Frankie Cosmos coming out uh, uh, for to play the, the Perfect Pussy show, right? Like, um, and maybe not, though, because, you know... Uh, you know the people that uh, that go to those shows read the same blogs, right? And and I think that that is uh, and so you know and again we we're, we're covering them back to back, and so it is a a taste that exists, right. um, and so it's not it's not unthinkable. Even when you know there are certain you know that there are they're like allegedly operating in very different kind of categories of norms of indie pop and and punk, which I think was more of a thing um you know in the in the eighties but it is kind of there there's more um you know diversity and bricolage um now um so I guess what I'd like to pivot to is we've been kind of mostly just eating the open face sandwich right <laughs> um and and I want to actually zoom in to um to the 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 toppings uh and what's 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 between the the bread and the uh uh the bread and the cheese uh and and specifically the lyrics i think that then the stance of kind of confrontation uh and what and who is being confronted gets a different um uh there's a different lens when the lyrics come in and it's it's um and it's it's interesting because you know, you don't really get this, you know, you get that there's a sense of, you know, some of the lyrics that come out, you know, uh, that I, I, that jump out at me regardless, uh, uh, like, uh, look, before I sat down with the lyric sheet, you know, like the, you don't know shit about me is one that, uh, in the, in the first song driver is one that jumped out. Um, I know that, um, I believe, uh, 
uh, and I want to fuck myself, and I want to eat myself from um, the from Dig uh, on the you know, near the second half uh, are ones that jump out. But um, as you kind of dig into the the lyrics, um, what does this kind of add to the um, the interpretation of what's going on with this band? Well, honestly, they are they're a lot more nuanced and a lot more. Uh, I mean, at a sort of higher level of like attainment as works of poetry or of of you know just verbal just verbal art i mean there's a lot more um there's a lot more sophisticated uh and, and nuanced things going on in them than the the sort of screaming delivery might lead you to believe because you don't think of screaming as the delivery mechanism for you know a bunch of subtlety uh or a bunch of nuance right Right. No, no. I think that that's. Um, I think that's that's right. Right. It's it's subtly delivered with a shout. Right. Um, uh, what I mean. Were there any specific um, like lines or or pieces that that really jumped out at you? I don't know. I just sort of lo- looking through this this thing. Like uh, bells is one. Yeah. Uh, uh, that is interesting to me. Like. Um, there is kind of like a, a best of times, worst of times are sort of, I am vast. I contain multitudes of contradiction and stuff like in this, uh, uh, in these lyrics, right? Like I'm sad and grateful. I'm lonely and rejoicing. I ring the bells alone. I ring the bells for you. My joy is impermanent. My joy is permanent. Um, well, and, and so again, this now that since the first half, or I hope it's not, probably not the half, if it, if it was the first half of this podcast, we're going for like 10 times the length of this <laughs> material. But the first portion um, was me kind of carrying on about the thing that I know about, which is punk rock and noise rock. But c- tell me a little more about that, you know, other than where it is used. What, like, what do we, what is important about that kind of device or or what is it what, what does it achieve as someone who knows relatively little about um about poetry um, well, as someone i mean as someone who um took poetics <laughs> right, yeah no I, as someone who knows relatively little about poetry i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> good all right fine uh uh, that like so this is like sort of contradiction or oxymoron, um, and so what it invites it, what it invites you to do is is sort of reflect it invites you to sort of exercise negative capability right like it invites you to uh reflect to hold um two ideas that are in tension with one another in your mind at the same time hmm. um without without necessarily trying to resolve them and and it's it's uh you know with without that um what the the famous quote about negative capability is i think by keats uh and i won't uh, look it up while I'm in the middle of a riff, but, the, but right. Like, uh, the, so like, what does it mean to be sort of sad and grateful? Well, those things aren't necessarily, necessarily opposites though. They, they seem sort of opposed to one another because like, I'm in a negative state of mind and in a positive state of mind at the same time. Like, well, what is, what, what does that mean to sort of be negative and positive at the same time? How can those two states coexist in the same, uh, in the same mind, um, how what does this say about classification in terms of in terms of resisting classification and being uh, or sort of uh, uh, fulfilling the requirements of of two classifications at the same time? Maybe the sis are the systems of our uh, our systems of classification aren't adequate to doing justice to our experience. Um, 
Right. You know? Well, and I think that the, the line that immediately follows that, um, almost really kind of stanza is I am present in my truth. Um, and I feel like that fits with, with that, with that reading, um, of, of, uh, and like later uh, at the end of the, the, the second stanza or second kind of set of lines, she says, um, that I must let love be love in me. Um, and I think that that kind of, um, you know, that it, it, it um reflects inward in a different way right um and and kind of like explains you know explores that a little bit about kind of living with rather than fixing these contradictions yep yeah um and i think then there's some very also some of the um as i was listening and reading again right before the um uh, uh, we 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 started recording. Um, I think that there is some several other lines later uh, in the song that um, I found just striking and and really interesting. Um, I I really liked. Um, I, I think specifically, I really liked the couplet. We can speak the words of women and angels, but without real love, is just sad noise. Right. So do you do, um, do you know the the? I mean, the reference there is to First Corinthians thirteen, right? Right. So, right. uh, though I speak with the tongues of, of men and angels and have not charity, I am as a, a, a sounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And it's, it's, in, a, uh, it's in a big um, discourse of St. Paul uh, in the first letter to the Corinthians about spiritual gifts, right? That begins, there are many gifts, but, but one spirit. And then he goes on about like what the spiritual gifts are, like what are the positive qualities, spiritual qualities that the sort of nascent uh, Christian community at Corinth um, should have or has or, you know, will come to have. And he's sort of doing a taxonomy of these and he says that the greatest of these uh is love and and uh and and so it's like and for him sort of love what he proposes is that love uh a kind of human mirror of of divine love is a prerequisite for um for the noise you make having any meaning at all Right with love, it is speech, it's knowledge, it's prophecy about the future, mm. it's whatever. Without love, it is just non-signifying sound. It's just noise. Right. Mm. So it's a really interesting. It's a really interesting thing. Um, and and you know, there's a feminist point being made about like the the words of yeah. women and angels as, as opposed to men and angels. You know, uh, point well taken. Um, but without real love, it's just it just sad noise. So it raises the question of like, what is, what is real love? Right. Because this is not necessarily one you, you, uh, this is not necessarily an album in the, in the midst of which you expect to find a sort of sincere, uh, expression of religious devotion. So what is, I mean, what is real love? I, I wouldn't be surprised if real love here is actually a sort of beyond, uh, religious love, right. R- religious love being, being sort of seen as a, or, or being sort of, uh, uh, the contention being that it's it's kind of a failure, or it's just sort of more hypocrisy. It's more a part of the you know the uh, society that the the kind of punk stance um, is against. But that there is there is some sort of love that is a real uh, love um, that that involves here looking at the, looking at this that involves sort of. 
a kind of self acceptance, including like including the difficult or painful uh, experiences of your life yeah. or that kind of are engendered in in relationships. It's it's interesting. This is something that happens in a lot of like uh, a lot of sort of confessional poetry where, where it's, it's, and I'm thinking of like Plath and I'm thinking of like Lowell and I'm thinking of things where the, the speaker of the poem or the, the, you know, the I, the kind of I persona of the lyric can say, uh, can sort of relate to feelings and experiences, uh, as though they are separate, right? As though like I'm sitting here alone with my pain or I'm sitting here with my anger or with my fear. And it's, you know, uh, in terms of a literary device, you make it this other other thing, this other kind of being uh, co-equal with you that you're sitting here negotiating with, um, right? And and what's what's uh, put forward here is that like you kind of have to accept that you kind of have to kind of let that into your circle um, in order to move forward on your own. You know what I mean? You have to kind of accept a, that there is a certain kind of integrity uh, to even the, the the painful or difficult parts of your experience in order to um, ring the bells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's, I think that that's right. And I think that that's actually, I mean, I, I think that that illuminates a lot of the broader um, project of Perfect Pussy, right? That um, I think that, you know, without, (laughs) you know, and in some ways without that and without that perspective of, you know, that the, you know, without that, it's just sad noise. But also without the noise, the words are also just sad noise, right? Yeah. That, um, that the, the, it's, the, the, there's kind of self-fulfilling noise. Um, and that, you know, one, one thing that, um, you know, that, that, you know, and it's, it's, again, it's, it's hard to read what is, what is kind of real love in this sense and, and how to, um, you know, there's, I don't know if there's enough, um, else to read about, um, religion, but there is, you know, Again, you know, one way to read kind of that in in the kind of discourse around punk is is in a communitarian interpretation of kind of um, of 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 love and of whether it's a scene or a band or a family um, or 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 something like that, and so that you know that again that the the noise. And you know, and the, the noise of the live show and of the um, of, uh, of 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 this happening um, is is you know, in some ways, this like it happening, like it it being shouted and being shouted in the middle of this open face sandwich um, is is part of what gives it life. And at the same side, the fact that this is this perspective and this specific perspective that is, you know, that is, you know, both, um, you know, both specific and yet kind of i don't want to say general she's not really generalizing but she's she's kind of abstracting from um some some elements of the specific events and you you get details you know that the, these two things give them meaning um uh and make it more than just uh sad noise yeah um and yeah i i think um were there others that uh that uh, elsewhere on the album that um are you i i can't not um, 
I can't not talk about about the band name, uh, but I, I just want to I want to uh, say follow on from what you said, like the the way it can be kind of specific and also uh, not general, but kind of more universal at the same time. Um, there's there is a poem uh, by Shelley uh, called England in 1819. Uh, it begins an old mad blind despised and dying king. Uh, princes, the dregs of their dull race, and, and is this sort of catalog uh, without a main verb. The, the, the main verb makes, uh, you know, extraordinarily dramatic appearance in, the, in the, the last line. It's this catalog of things that are wrong with uh, England in 1819, political things, social things. Um, and uh, in... Uh, <laughs> English 990 poetics. Uh, Professor Hollander, peace be upon him, uh, used to um, uh, used to sort of read poems, and he, he read this one uh, out and said, "Look, these things are all true of England in, in 1819, but look at the the level of detail, but also the level of uh, universality. Right? These are things that we could say about the Bush administration uh, if you're against the Bush administration, or these are things that we could." say about, you know, the mythical kingdom of medieval Westeros or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, that, that there, is, there is sort of an art, and when done badly, it is so bad, but when done, uh, when done well, it achieves a kind of high rhetorical um, level of attainment that, that really, I don't know, launches the work into universality of, of talking about one thing in specific, but about everything thing in general you know and and how you do that is is so much of the is so much of the trick of literary art yeah uh, that it's it's you know i don't know well that it's the subject of graduate classes and colleges yeah, yeah. and i think that really for and maybe this veers us towards talking about the band name and i think we're i think it's in some ways important to talk about the band name last yeah. rather than first right um because you know that it's uh, other than noise punk it is the other thing that's talked about first and i think that you get some of it but not i mean i i uh, not all of it i think that you know in terms of if there are these you know some of the broader arcs of these kind of um you know the specific lyrics um there's a there's an intense concern about um about about gender and about kind of uh, you know elements of you know what i would call the you know almost the personal experience, uh, the lived experience of kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, patriarchy of of ge- of, of gender norms and expectations, and kind of um, of of uh, of being a a person in society. And that, so, um, like, so if if there is if this band is perfect pussy, right? There must be an imperfect pussy. Right, that this band is is set against, you know, and that's that's just sad, right? Like yeah. to to be subject to that kind of yeah. of patriarchal judgment, or right, or or whatever. It's sort of highlighting. I mean, I I think of it as as there being like a lot of defiance in in the band name because I think by sort of highlighting. Uh, the categorization of this pussy as perfect, right? right. It's it's sort of rejecting or at least shining a light on um, 
de- the dehumanizing uh, aspects of even entertaining the idea of an of a less and, and set aside an imperfect pussy, a less perfect. Pussy, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, of that being a um, a dimension that w- should all be even considered or right, entertained, right. and and also in some ways, you know, considering the other thing that it is doing is considering the consequences of such discourse, right? And that you know, this is like in some ways the result, right? That um, that that it you know, in some ways, this. That that there is a certain amount of self fulfillingness, and that you know, because I think what's really striking is that it's not that they just chose this for um, a a reason um, that uh, exists, but like you know, just like arbitrary for arbitrary shock value. But like you know, let, let me just put it this way: I should probably should have said this at the top. But when you Google this band, put you know, Syr- not even Syracuse, put like. Punk band uh, put "say you yes to love" also in quotes because you will get porn. You will get a lot of porn. It's, um, it, it is who who said it that like the the genius of this is that you'll never find this band on a torrent site. Yeah, you know? it, it's 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 uh, it was someone that unless I it's like what CD or waffles or something like that where it's just music, you know? Right, 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 right. But no, and it's always it's the inverse of churches, right? So churches uses the Roman, uh, you know, the V in place of the U to make it easier to Google. Yeah. Um, and there is a sense of, you know, uh, in fact, uh, you know, Perfect Pussy is making themselves more, uh, not even just ungoogleable, but when you first search for them, you have to confront this other thing. Right, right. Uh, and and that, and I, I would say that we were less, in some ways, um, it actually reminded me of our, our own, the, before we went by our, um, our shortened name, uh, you know, do uh, you have similar problems if you google these fucking teenagers <laughs> um and 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 that there was a you know uh, a a certain um amount of of being um of of causing problems through the name um and, and eventually it caused too many problems or it was drawing attention to, to things that were were less central but um i think that this this way of um of you know, in some ways, using the name as another, you know, and, and the way that people engage with the name of the band, whether that is in, you know, printing, you know, printing music reviews or searching for bands, um, creates other ways in which, um, in, in which uh, one, uh, one engages with the band. Um, that's a, yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting idea because even, even 10 years ago, the idea that, that naming your band, that sort of uh, thinking about the search experience, you know, the Google ability or the Google experience when you're naming your band, um, is, it, it would have been unheard of at the time. So now that that is a, a thing that we have to contend with, um, it's, it, you know, it becomes a, a site for, for analysis and sort of unpacking. It, it becomes a one more venue in which you can kind of forward your artistic project. Right. No, my my band is a six piece, and the sixth guy uh, just optimizes the SEO. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, I guess maybe the last thing I, I maybe um, you know, we don't have any specific thoughts about this song, but um, I think that again, in some ways, we're almost turning uh, a lot of you know. In some ways, this episode was a. Uh, 
this episode was an open face sandwich that you turn upside down. Um, <laughs> if that makes sense, I don't know. Uh, because, um, so I, I think that, you know, the other thing that we usually talk about at the top that we're now, in fact, doing at the end is the, the realness. And I think it's important that the last, um, so the penultimate track on the album and the last one that's in the lyric sheet, um, Advance Upon the Real, which is the one that is like a two minute song that then opens into kind of, um, several minutes of silence and then a building soundscape. Uh-huh. Um, is the last, you know, is the last kind of substantive track. And is there, you know, um, is there, other than the fact that it's interesting that there's a song called Advance Upon the Real, is there anything in this that kind of ties um, ties together well, I mean, the discussion this like, of this Yeah, I, absolutely. This is like a song purpose built for TFT, right? Like, A, uh, this song contains the line, love is love, but power is power. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's like so, so TFT that it's, um, uh, and it goes on, you know, well, uh, the challenge now is to climb down from the wall and try, develop and negotiate the secret spaces there between uh, what I do and what I say regarding fucking. Yeah, that's and I mean that like if if there was I think that that's what we are going to put on our proposal to the National Academy of Sciences for additional funding yeah. for for the TFT research project to continue. Right. Yeah, exactly. And even like earlier, right, the, the first couplet is I have limitations when it comes to my desiring and complicated feelings on desire and desiring. <laughs> um, and I think that's an interesting kind of like level of, of circling back on itself. Right. And so that this way of, um, of, of this kind of way of, of desire as something that is both, you know, external and reproduced and, and produced and reproduced, but also it's desire, uh, right. And, and love and love, love is love, but power is power. Right. Uh, and so that this, this process of, um, of negotiating that requires certain kinds of, of, of tools and whether that is about kind of being alone and being with yourself or, you know, and, and, and being quiet or fighting back and being loud, you know, that this kind of actually, um, this album, you know, like I think shows a a number of these, these kind of a a toolkit for negotiation, right. right? Of, of negotiating the secret spaces. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, I mean, again, we could actually continue to find all of the rest of the secret spaces of this album. I mean, we, um, and again, we'll, we'll put a bunch of the resources in the show notes, um, including, um, my photographs of the, um, of the, of the lyrics, of uh, the lyrics book that comes with the vinyl, um, because there is actually not, um, too many, uh, there are, there are not too many, uh, um, uh, transcriptions of the lyrics or even photos that I've been able to find online. Um, so definitely check them out. And the, the graphic design is very interesting and, um, it's a, there's a lot to dig into. So watch the live video, um, you know, listen to the album. Um, I believe that, uh, perfect pussy is touring right now. Um, they're in the midst of a lot, playing a lot of shows around the country. So, um, I know, I think they're coming up to Boston in a little while. Uh, they have dates on the West coast. Um, they're playing some major festivals. So if you, you like them or, 
or you you know you both liked the band uh, and or you're intrigued based on the description or the video uh go go check them out um you know keep digging into these lyrics and whichever you know ways that you engage with this album uh you know let us uh let us know uh you know uh leave comments in the show notes uh hit us up uh at tft uh podcast uh and um and as always it, it may not have been real but we've made uh, done our best to take a convincing advance upon the real thanks for listening